<laughs> anyway, the point is, you'd expect them to be from like Iran or or California, but I can't immediately tell where they're from. These pistachios, so you know, fucking. Welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast on the cosmos from independent validator teams. Hello and welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast on the Cosmos from independent validator teams. And it's only been a week. We took a week off, one week off in a year, and I'd forgotten that that's how this show starts. So uh, <laughs> welcome Dan from Defiant Labs as well. We have a, we're coming back. We're coming back hard. We we're are. Not only are we coming back all quora last week, I, you know, regulars of the show will know, just had a baby. I was the only one that was ready to do the show last week. You know, <laughs> That's just, true. Just, I'm throwing everybody else under the bus. <laughs> That's true. Nobody else has any excuse. I, I was here. I was ready. I was the one that had to cancel. Although, to be fair, Shortsy was trying to tell me that he couldn't make it, and my phone was, like, not with me. And so Shortsy was just panicked that I didn't know. It was just like, dude, dude, dude. And I was just like, all oh, right, yeah. I mean, I assumed you guys had already rugged me, but... Hey, happy days. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, we've got Dan from Defiant, and I guess we've got like, what, two weeks of Cosmos drama to catch up on? So that's like, what, 20 years in normal time? Something like that, two weeks? Um, and yeah, so what, 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 I mean, what, I, I obviously haven't been doing anything other than really changing nappies, so <laughs> uh, I, I literally I nearly missed an upgrade uh, on like a home chain because I was like, when is that upgrade supposed to be? Like, I feel like somebody told me there was an upgrade or, well, I helped prepare an upgrade or something. It turned out it was like already happened, but I'd already done the work for it. So it was automation, baby. We're all big fans of automation here. And this is why. And for those of you that don't have kids yet, but run validators, get your automation game sorted. Do you figure out a way to automate those, uh, those poopy diapers? <laughs> no, but uh, so uh, uh, the Wii Ban is actually wearing a piece of future Game of Nodes merch at the moment. Which one of, uh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, if if I if the if one I would, I could it's go and, I could go and get them and and kind of. Uh, well, you said you told me it's an NFT. Did you say it was one of one? It is one of one. That's that's there's everybody knows. No, there's nothing unique in the world except for NFTs that live forever on the blockchain. Okay, um, so don't give me that. I refuse to believe. I think it. that's a fact. <laughs> True. Heard it here. Yeah, nothing truly, nothing is truly as artisanal as an NFT. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I got to say, I got to say. So, uh, what the the item in question is a game of nodes baby grow. Mm -hmm. It's very very cool. Usurper, the man with the plan, uh, responsible for that one. Uh, it, is it is it too good for the DJs, or should we actually do Game of Nodes merch? Because I I fucking love it. I think it's I think it's brilliant. <laughs> do you? I think it's brilliant. I'm the only one that gets the joke, I, but it's, I think that I think the problem with doing like Game of Nodes merch is just like you know the fear that no one will buy it, and then we just look like noobs. Yeah, like so, but we but we got over that when we realized that no one's going to watch a show either. So does it really does it does it honestly really matter? Yeah, well, so, so the six you guys people like, that watch the show become the six for the next conference, I will totally rock some Game of Notes. <laughs> there you go. All right, we got one. Yeah, well, but this we, is have a, one. we always talk about like, does anybody wear merch? And like, we were literally talking what yesterday or the day before about we're in Cosmos merch right now. Look at that. Yeah. Well, we, didn't we see somebody like there was somebody like a, a friend of a friend or a, like a, a one remove connection saw somebody in Artifacts merch at yes. a completely unrelated conference? Yeah. Yeah. So. 
they just they just post about because like, they do a really good job with merch. Like Artifact does a, they, yeah, they have, okay. that's a cool brand, and they have great artists. Artifact they, has the killer merch. Man. He's the they merch do, man. they do a really good job. And then so yeah. and then and then they give. I don't give. I'm not gonna dox them, but they give a lot of stuff away, like shirts and all those other types of things. And then I, he just put in a on a chat that uh, somebody had a, some random suey. Was it a suey? event or something similar to that I yeah i think it yeah, was i missed an missed an event yeah i missed an event like somebody's walking around with the artifact shirt and somebody else saw it like oh my god you guys are everywhere you never know where that stuff's going to show up i thought one it, of my uh, favorite purchases was a uh, luna loot remember them like how much like stuff that they had you could luna get like loot. that's right you could get like tennis shoes like with different like protocol logos on there they had everything <laughs> those looked really cool though I'll, I'll be honest i wanted one yeah yeah hold up hold up so okay <laughs> The Milady merch is probably the best merch. Did I tell you guys about this? That's where you well, what in the context? I think it was at a rave at two a.m. and you were probably spiked with something. So, so your, it was your Milady. judgment might have been a little bit off. It was a Milady rave. I found out later it was actually <laughs> a Milady NFT rave, and I, they had they had rave merch, and it was like free. It was like you know because it's the free merch for the for the crypto stuff uh they were handing out joints milady joints so <laughs> oh, of course it's legal isn't it yeah i just sometimes i can't keep up with america man yeah, well there's 50 different rules around what's legal <laughs> what's not america's out there 50 51 <laughs> different americas right something like that something like that um just yeah, that's right they gave yeah they had milady joints at the thing that's a good merch that's actually quite cool and they are very strong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's funny. Yeah, I, I had to make use of my stopwatch. Uh, it was like a whole situation where I had to set the timer, make sure I was like found out where I lived and was in a taxi before I got to 10 minutes. Otherwise, there was no telling what might have happened. <laughs> the timer is going. <laughs> we have uh i'm i'm in maryland on the east coast and in two months uh it's going to be legalized here uh recreational use and we just had our first uh cannabis like workspace like opening up like a few miles from me where it's like you can just go in there you can work and chill but it's like right next to a dispensary that's and wild was, i don't know yeah. if i would want that like you're working work and working and then everyone's like just so chilling who just has chilling. onions <laughs> yep onions <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if you're I, a snack uh, vendor in that uh, workspace, you're going to make bank. <laughs> yeah, right. I think just just after legalization, I was in California and I got given a, what I thought was a pack of matches with like a dispensary name on it. And I was like, ha ha, funny souvenir. I just left it in my wallet. For, for literally, this is how frequently I clean out my wallet, literally years. And then years later, I was like, actually cleaning out my wallet. I was like, just throwing stuff out. I was like, oh, that's that fucking, okay, ha ha ha. And then I kind of just like sort of got rid of it and the, all these seeds spilled out. And I was like, oh, it wasn't matches. And I realized that like that had been in my wallet. I had been to, Ch I have backpacked across China. I had been to all these places where oh, no. that shit is very illegal. And it just, for whatever, I guess they're just dried seeds, right? So no sniffing yeah. dogs or anything to notice, but they'd just been in my wallet for like know, four years or something. I was like, holy shit. Okay. I <laughs> across <laughs> many state lines <laughs> yeah it's fucking check the freebies you're given in future so you know no before you leave before you leave america just check you haven't got any of those uh milady i nearly said milady nfts milady. milady joints in your pockets the nfts are also illegal in a bunch of territories so you want to be careful 
They're just so, the NFTs are too shit. <laughs> too yeah, shit. I've been I've been like trying to figure out what I can and can't take home. Like when we're at the jerky store today, I'm like, I wonder <laughs> how much of this no I can get away with, man. like in my bag. <laughs> it's processed, right? You could take that stuff home. Yeah, I feel like it's not a threat to the economy or anything. So. Yeah, I, don't, I, I think th- you're well, good. You can't you can't take like there's like all those things like tea that sometimes you can't like a- again one of my as it turned out accidental smuggling things was I brought back loads of tea from China and yeah. then. I, it's just on my desk at work. Like I still have loads of this. It's really good, really good tea. And then um, somebody was like, "Do you just bring that back in your rucksack?" I was like, "Yeah, what's the big deal?" And they were like, "It's an agricultural product. Like that might have bugs and stuff on it." I was like, "Ah, it's been in a sealed container for four years. Right? Only bugs are dead." And they're like, yeah. it's "Still definitely illegal." I was like, "Ah, but a but a but a just." <laughs> No, I, I want to hear about your America adventure. How's that going? Smuggling. smuggling. <laughs> so funny. How is my America adventure going? Yeah. Um, it's very ad hoc. I was just actually talking to uh, Shilty today about how incredibly tiring it's been when you just like run around the place unplanned. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it's both tiring and expensive. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's been good, but like I said, unplanned. So, I have been um, to Denver, uh, Breckenridge, which I don't recommend to anyone uh, because it is so fucking high in the air. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we were all dying while we were there. <laughs> we were. Um, it, was, it was sad. Yeah, there's people like walking around with cans of air, huffing air and shit. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Um, is it you know, uh, challenging like, to uh, like maintain your validators at all while you're on the road? Like, do you need physical access to any of them ever? No, not no, not physical access. It it hasn't been a problem managing nodes. Um, yeah. You know, not automation, access, automation, but emotional automation. Access. Yeah, emotional access. <laughs> it is like uh, definitely um, organization is like a lot more difficult when you're on the road. So you rely a lot more on your phone and. Um, you know, when you're on your phone and not in your office, you read things and sometimes you forget what you read if you don't make a note of it straight away. So obviously when you're going through like Discord and, and looking at all the upcoming upgrades and different things that you need to be involved in, you can like make notes on your computer and make a to-do list and, you know, action, that type of stuff. But it's a little bit more difficult to manage that workflow on your phone. Um, and oh, yeah. so whilst we haven't missed anything, it's just like, been a little bit of a pain um i think i did an upgrade on the street the other day i just like whipped out my laptop and kneeled down like took a knee chucked my laptop (laughs) on top of my bag and just like quickly did an upgrade on something (laughs) so um you know it's it's a little bit different like that did you stop everyone in the new york city side sidewalks like people people Oh, they just like peel I'm doing around. Doing an important like, Chihuahua update here. Get the fuck out of the way. Get the fuck out of my way, dude. So many shit coins lying in the balance here. Yeah, I, I mean, feel, so I've seen a, I've seen quite a few good ones of those. Like I think it was Highlander, like early doors Juno. I think I feel like this was quite a while ago, but knowing fucking Cosmos, it was probably five minutes ago, and I'm just getting older at a rapid pace. Um, I think he was like camping for a weekend, and there was just yeah, yeah it was just like him in like a woodland clearing with like a phone propped up on a tree. <laughs> I, I did I did the same thing for the, for, this is awful. I, we were at, I was at a camp with my boys and I brought a laptop because I knew something was coming and it, and I was up at 2 a.m. troubleshooting via a, like a 3G connection. I can only get a shell connection to start Cerberus. <laughs> 
looking back, maybe not my wisest, like in wisest hindsight, time, <laughs> in hindsight, in hindsight maybe not the best use time. of my time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. my, I've, I, I think a lot of people I know have done one on a plane when playing Wi-Fi. That mm-hmm. seems quite common. I've done one. I've done plane one on the Channel awesome. Tunnel. So under the ocean. That's so cool. Like a bomb That's, um, Yeah. The, the Wi-Fi fucking works now. Dude, it's, the plane, plane I guess Wi-Fi. We just, I just used it coming back from Denver. Like, that thing on, I forget what any airline I was on, but like it was hauling ass. Like it was no problem. I will tell you the Wi-Fi on Amtrak blows. Is there a Wi-Fi? I thought you had to use your phone or something. Yeah. So a lot of time you have to use your phone, but there's some Amtrak trains that have uh, Wi-Fi and it sucks. Yeah. So, it can't be. Fuck, it can't fuck be Fuck you, Amtrak. They're not. Yeah. <laughs> this is what business, this is what business broadband or whatever is for. You just get something with good roaming and you just have to get fucked every day by your, by your provider. I need the thing that, uh, like, Schulte has, the little box that you just take around with you. The MiFi? It's the MiFi glorious. Thing. Glorious. Highly recommend it. Yeah, I wish that was a worldwide thing. You just, like, slap that thing in your bag and tear around everywhere. That'd be great. But, what is that, Schulte? Is that, like, different from, like, a Wi-Fi hotspot you activate on your phone? Uh, so it uses T-Mobile's uh, bands, so the Sprint and T-Mobile bands, and you just get 5G everywhere you go. Well, everywhere you've got T-Mobile. I assume you could go to like Mexico with it because T-Mobile has a yeah. deal with Mexico where you just have full coverage. Um, but I doubt but it you, elsewhere. You pay like a, a yearly subscription and it's just unlimited for the year 5G. Yep. Yep. It's, awesome. gr- it's great. That's what I live. And it like creates a Wi-Fi point for you. Is that how it works? And you connect to it? And it's, it's fast. It's bloody fast. It's actually faster than my home internet. Nice. So how is that, how is that different to just, uh, you know, an access point that's a SIM card. It's basically the same thing. It actually uses a SIM card. It's just, yeah. the really the big benefit is that it's unlimited, one, and that you pay once a year and you get that unlimited for the entire year. So it's $500 for the year of unlimited internet, which is great. So you get uh, okay. unlimited 5G for the whole year for $500? For $500, yeah. Yeah. And that includes the hardware. And ultra that's ultra wide, right? Like that's 5G UW, right? So you get the... Yep. Yeah. Yep. Schiltzy, if I had any sense at all, I would have asked to borrow that from you. Yeah. You know, exactly. that would have been smart. I even brought it with me to Denver. <laughs> since since you're it, yeah, exactly. You could have brought it back to him, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, meanwhile, <laughs> I've been like struggling to stay connected uh, for the last like three weeks. You yeah. could just get a business mobile and have like two SIMs and have the second SIM be an unlimited SIM with 5G. You can shut the fuck up. <laughs> I think we should. Let's give you a thousand As, solutions on how you fucked up the last three weeks. Yeah, because that's just like <laughs> that's just like I think I think we have I think we have nine terabytes a month for about twenty two dollars. Yeah, really? look, it's a li- it's a little bit more difficult for a foreigner to like get a good data plan. Fair so enough. I have to rely on apps like Air Allo and use um, eSIMs, but like ten gigs is like twenty six bucks something. So. Yeah, so I mean, I've used I, I used gonna, two of those packs. I mean, you can expense the fuck out of it. So, like, um, you can, you don't expense it to who? Myself, <laughs> your peanut. <laughs> well, no, but what I mean is, like, if you're like, oh, I'm going to be in a place for a month, and just like put put my name is Big Balls, Mister Big Balls Blockchain. I live at one two three Denver Street in Denver, Colorado, and then get a fucking contract. Like, they don't they ever check that address, do they? Doxed. I yeah. feel like <laughs> that would <laughs> work. Just use Todd's address. He'll appreciate it. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's I, to, I already sent my shit to Todd's house, so I might as well like... <laughs> yeah, I'll love it. Know. Perfect. Um, but to so answer what, your question, Dan, my my travels have been uh, interesting. Um, really loved uh, uh, New Orleans. That place was awesome. 
mm-hmm. um, just around the French Quarter. The rest of the place is crap. Um, <laughs> sorry, people. And yeah, Atlanta. Sorry if you live in Atlanta. That place blows. Um, <laughs> and uh, where else did I go? New York is pretty cool. And DC, um, right? You stopped in DC. Yeah, DC. I did not. I should not have gone to Atlanta and just spent like three days in DC. DC, you could spend you could spend weeks and just. I mean, it depends on how much American history you care about and whatever. But there's there's so much shit in DC. It's amazing. I found it all very interesting. Um, I've been averaging like probably fifteen to twenty k's a day, um, walking like steps. Okay. Yeah. 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 In these cities, so um, and some of, like a lot of that is carrying my bag around as well. Right. I mean, I, I haven't been drinking beer as much because, like, I'd be bankrupt by now if I was drinking my regular amount of beer. Yeah. Yeah. So going like going to a pub and drinking beer in America with our exchange rate is just not very good. Um, and then they want fucking tips every beer, and you're like, "But yeah. I just had one beer. I don't." <laughs> yeah. So like, tip. What the fuck, man? I'll tell you what. Like the. To buy a beer at a pub is if you were to put the menus side by side, the Australian menus and the um, and the American menus, like the numbers would be the same, right? But then like you add on the 50% and then another 20% for a tip and it's getting expensive. Like I'm looking at, you know, $17 in my money for a beer, whereas in Australia it'd be like, you know, 10 bucks. So right. I feel like the cost of a beer sometimes, especially in a city in America, was is approaching like a cocktail in a cocktail bar in the in, in like in like the financial bit of London. You know what I mean? It's, it's approaching a meal. Yeah. No, like the on. cost of a beer is approaching a meal. Maybe not quite a meal, but like it, it... a hot dog cart meal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got hot dogs in New York. Two hot dogs, two dollars each for the hot dog Bam. and it was like uh, five bucks. Yeah. Did you get those yeah. uh, Nathan's from Coney Island or whatever? No, there's like there was a uh, there was a five star rated hot dog stand in um, in New York right next to Central Park. Uh, yeah. The dude was awesome. He's like this um, this Greek guy. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, he's got five hundred reviews, five star reviews. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm going. So to what dude. point is that like a more of a meme than an actual? <laughs> like, are they self perpetuating past a point? People are like, yeah, it's definitely five stars. Well, I don't know. The guy was awesome. The hot dogs were good. Would you give him five stars? Seems yeah. like great value. Boom, yeah. 501. There you Two go. Box for a fucking hot dog? Jesus. <laughs> so DC, yeah, New York, and then funny. and then you moved on, right? Now I'm in Portland now, yeah. Yeah. So I'm at uh, Schultz's house now in his basement. And then and then you're going you're going south to LA, right? So you have a plan. What's your plan to get out of there? Yeah, I and don't no have plan. a plan. Oh, no, perfect. no plan. Lovely. Yeah, he's just gonna move in, basically, is what it sounds That's like. Fine. You might as so well. much, much the same as like the last um, from parents' yeah, basement three to weeks, basement. I have no fucking plan. <laughs> <laughs> the life of a cosmos validator going up in the world. <laughs> I tell you what, though, um, my accommodation at uh, New York fucking sucked, and uh, I've I've realized that there's like this bullshit thing that they do in America, where the hotels will like have a headline base price like on there oh yeah on the on the things and then like when you book that was it yep see ya i know who kicked them out <laughs> I, I didn't kick them out it can't be, <laughs> obviously can't be the internet clearly cannot be the internet they're like oh he's gonna tell, he's gonna tell everybody how the how the rate system actually works let's get rid of him quick cut him off <laughs> traveling gypsy <laughs> so anyway like i was saying 
So they add on this resort fee, right? So I stayed at the Paramount Hotel on Forty uh, Sixth. Don't stay at this piece of shit. The uh, <laughs> the the room was just like a, a shitty double bed. The bathroom, like you couldn't turn around, and it was so fucking small. Uh, there was about three square feet of area around the bed. Dude, you're and, in Manhattan. What do you want? And there was fucking construction started at seven a.m. every morning. Right? That's, that's all New York. They were hammering rocks across the road. <laughs> and um, that only like literally, I had the rock hammers start at seven a.m. on the dot. But <laughs> like, once you take the fee, the tax, and the um, and this fucking stupid resort fee that they they hide in there, then I could have got like a decent room just around the corner at another hotel. So. It's just it's it's um it's scammy, yeah. And the way they market yeah. it, I asked them if I could cancel. I said you're you're scamming people. They said no. So I had to stay in a hotel where I told them they were scammers. It was great. <laughs> and um, so they were also spitting in your coffee after that point. Yeah, exactly. Probably. I'm probably shitting in my pillows. And then um, <laughs> and then when I left, this this annoyed me the most. When I left. They um, so I haven't had any cash the whole time I've been in the US, right? I've just tapped for everything, not had any cash at all. And then when I and I'll tell you a funny story about that in a minute. And when I uh, left this hotel, I wanted to like store my bag, right? So I could go and cruise around for a couple of hours before I had to go to the airport. And um, it was two bucks to store it with this uh, with the hotel. So usually it's free at a hotel, right? Should you be. just stayed at it. It's yeah. like right. you know, it's free. They chuck a tag and it's sticking in the bag room. Two bucks, okay, it's it's practically free anyway, except it was fucking cash only or Venmo. And you can't get Venmo unless you're a fucking US resident. I didn't have any cash. It would have cost me like $5 um, (laughs) FBOS fee just to get fucking cash out for the two. I said, you know what, fuck you. And I went and paid someone else eight bucks. (laughs) (laughs) And then later that day, I ended up getting cash out anyway, so I could get a sweet hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) What that guy didn't take? He didn't take. He didn't take uh, credit cards. No, nah, mate, just gish, gish. Just gish. Yeah, but I was willing to go get the gish for a two dollar hot dog. So, but that well, other you fucking place. A hot dog from Nico Bellic from Grand Theft Auto Four. <laughs> That's gish. a weird reference, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going with the gish. Yeah, he's going gish. Gish. This is my cousin. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, <laughs> hello, cousin. Um, so really, just, uh, we actually have some, we, not only do we have some viewers, we presumably have some viewers who are who are keen to hear from Dan as well. But uh, yeah, shout out to people who stuck with us for for taking one week off. Um, can you please? Did um, we take two weeks? We took two weeks off, right? Do we take can two you, weeks off? Well, we no, we no, did, just, we only didn't stream for one week. No, no, but well, we we skipped the Denver. Denver week. Yeah, we meant to do right. it, and then we got too drunk, and then you were at this milady party for twenty four hours, and then you came. Oh yeah, home you guys rocked me that week as well, didn't you? That's correct. Yeah. So we, have we skipped. Have we skipped two weeks? We've skipped not in a row. We skipped one. Not in a we row. Had one. It wasn't a row. One. No, we had one in between there. Didn't Did we? we? Yeah. Yeah. So have I only hmm. missed one episode? Still? No, you've missed like seven episodes. Oh, you, that's right, because you rugged us in the middle of one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's when you hit. That's when you joined from Denver, and then you hit the end button, and then that was that was last week, right? Yeah, I forgot about that. That's right. Um, uh, too funny. Yeah, <laughs> YouTube, your last so, stream was so, 13 so the, days ago. The energy from the chat is that people are not happy with our lack of either punctuality. Well, I mean, that's every week. So, uh, but also, you know, not doing a week. Um, commitment lacking. That's well, a fair um, market. I mean, what do you want? Yeah. I mean, I mean, literally all of our rewards for a week wouldn't pay for the time to be on this. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That truth hurts. 
<clears throat> yeah. So there's there's uh, there's a uh, yeah. There's, we have uh, we have an Australian in there. Anyway, in the, the uh, anyway, uh, when, um, when you refer to Dan, can you please call him by his proper name to find Dan? Divine Dan. <laughs> Divine Dan. Is that really what? Call, huh? call me what you are, man. <laughs> Divine um, company. It's Divine Dan. <laughs> Divine Dan. Um, um, I like yeah, Fantastic cool. Man better. The title is great. It's <laughs> a good one. Fantastic uh, Man, Defiant Dan. Yeah, for anybody that's an Alan Partridge fan, you might get that reference. Um, cool. Okay. So, <laughs> shall we talk to our guest now? It's been as it's only twenty three minutes. We've ignored our, we've ignored our guest for twenty five minutes. We should like half the time as usual. Or is, is it, or do, should we or should we be even more standoffish since this is our our first week back after no. a while away? No. Okay, hang on. Let me let me kick this off. Let me right. let me ask Please. to find Dan some Please. shit. So Dan, before I start, um, is the yeah. thing uh, is that like pretty public now? People know about that. You know the thing that I'm talking about before I start talking about it. Uh, I do. We can talk about that, but uh, there's been some developments on that where I'm not going to be involved with it. Okay, so. I'll give a, a small amount of background to the thing. Um, so Defiant Labs, I believe, uh, Dan. And who's your partner, Dan? Yeah, so uh, basically me and a, a friend, Kyle, we've been working together for like six years. We created Defiant uh, early 2022. And we're working on a couple of things. Uh, you want me to just kind of tell you a little bit about the company and then you can go uh, the direction yeah, you want? Yeah, or... tell us about the company. Then I'll ask you about the... Um, we're not, we're not going to tell us about the company, obviously address, obviously registration numbers. We're, we're really not going to yeah. Excuse me. Oh, no, I'm, I'm doing the interviewing here. No, is that Don't a make good? me fucking mute. Can you just, Dan, I'm can you a Virgo, just so <laughs> I want to know what you are. <laughs> can you just interview yourself because Noel is really not a good interviewer? Dan, tell us about Dan, the company. Tell me where you grew then, up. Then I'll ask you some pointed questions about the, uh, <laughs> okay. the other stuff that you got going on. Hit it. Yeah, sure. Uh, so we're... We primarily are doing like three things. So the biggest thing that we started with first was trying to uh, solve a tax problem for Cosmos. So my goal was I wanted to index all of Cosmos, like pre-index it all into a MySQL database, or actually we use Postgres, but uh, I wanted to index it in there and make like a nice friendly app that you can go to, connect your wallet to, get all of your taxes. Primarily for US citizens, because that's like the tax law that I know, but I imagine it could be adapted to others. So that's like the, the big thing that we've been working on. We did that with a, uh, a grant from the Interchain Foundation via uh, Strangelove. And then we also got some uh, help from Osmosis for actually uh, indexing like all their uh, custom modules. Like instead of just like the bank, stake, gov, all C, we added like the GAM, the superfluids, all those different modules. And we made it so it's like really easy. You just go to, uh, I'll post the link in, uh, in the chat here. Our tool is called Sycamore, which is a great name. It's like you're sick of more taxes. Like oh, I love that name. But that uh, posted in both the uh, chats if you guys want to check it out. But yeah, you just type in your address right now, and then you can get your Osmosis taxes. And we're looking to expand to a whole bunch of other chains. Um, the other main thing that we're working on right now is also for the Osmosis team. Uh, they wanted a solution to have the mainnet and the testnet prices match. So we're creating a custom module that will allow us to basically scan main, mainnet, see what the pool ratio balance is. And then on testnet, we'll be able to mint tokens and we'll be calling that uh, module to make the testnet pools match. So like once a day, we're trying to bring parity to Osmosis testnet to be similar to mainnet, which we think will help out with like development. 
So that's, that's the second big thing that we're working on. And then the third thing that uh, Kyle and I started together, but actually Kyle's going to take it and run it on his own, is a uh, arbitrage solution. So I think that's what uh, Noel was uh, hinting at earlier. Yeah. So like I find your your arbitrage thing really cool, um, and I will try to explain it um, the best I can, so I can ask further questions. But so basically, <laughs> uh, the the guys at Defiant have created. It's an API which simulates the transaction and works out the arbitrage between the pools so that you can submit your transaction to the, um, the API and then it will give back to you a message with the transaction as well as the other transactions you need to make to self-arbitrage that, um, that transaction which you're unbalancing the pools with. So you'll get the most benefit back from the other pools instead of someone else taking the... Um, taken the arbitrage on those pools but you were looking for a home for that to be able to integrate that with an amm somewhere or at least the the ui of an amm and i i know i tried to help you um hook up with a couple of people to try and make that happen but um i'm just wondering like you know can you talk about how how that went um or if you had any traction with that or if you just sort of given up on trying to include it in a ui somewhere or yeah, no uh, progress is being made. I actually just uh, sent a message to Kyle to see if he wants to hop in here and uh, talk about it because he's really been running point on it. But uh, yeah, we ended up, um, basically what the tool does is we realized, hey, if you can predict the user's intent ahead of time, you can bundle both the swap and the arbitrage transaction at the same time. So you basically, you back run users, which is okay because the users still get their same rate but you front run everyone else, like all the osmosis or all the arbitrage bots that exist on chain. So you kind of get placed between those. The user still gets a good rate, but the transaction never goes on chain really to the point where people can compete against it because you can you know it ahead of time. But the only way that you can do that is if either you're making the trade or you're someone like a DEX or a wallet and you know the trade that the user is about to make. So that's what we really targeted our tool at is having that advanced knowledge and being able to capitalize uh, MEV on there. Um, we built out a couple different, or yeah, we built out a couple different clients for like testing it out so people can integrate. We've talked with almost every DEX, I think, in uh, the Cosmos. Uh, we have up, or Kyle has a proposal up right now on Astroport. Uh, I think the two leading proposals on there are his company, Redpoint, which is what it's gonna be called, and, uh, oh, here he is. Well, I'll, uh, I'll let him talk. Hey guys, how you doing? Good man. How are you? Hey Kyle. Good. Uh, so I'm not fully caught up on what you're talking about, but uh, did you basically want me to give a rundown of what Redpoint is? Sure, go for it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So what what we were talking about, just to catch you up, is uh, we we're talking a bit about the um, the the is that what you're calling it? Sorry, um, Redpoint, the arbitrage tool. Yes, correct. Yeah, okay. So we were talking a little bit about Redpoint um, and just how you guys were trying to find a home for that uh, in a UI somewhere, um, probably with a DEX, uh, and just sort of talking about how that was going. So you are the man uh, with the information. So awesome. we've invited you up to talk about it. Hit it. Yeah, so I don't know if anyone here is aware of this, but we recently just submitted a proposal to Astroport. Um so basically like high level Redpoint is an API that you can 
submit a user's trade information to, uh, like tell it what trade a user plans to make on a DEX, but the trade has not, you know, has not been conducted yet. And Redpoint will tell you uh, two things. Number one, it can tell you the best way to make that trade, which some DEXs may or may not want to know, like they might already know how they want to make the trade. And number two is it will tell you how to follow up that user's trade with an arbitrage trade. Um, so at present, it does cyclic arbitrage within the DEX. So like if you use the API for osmosis, it will tell you how to make a trade for, um, let's say, 100 Osmo through a certain set of pools and get back more than 100 Osmo. Um, Obviously, on Osmosis, um, this is kind of useless now because there's Proto-Rev on Osmosis, which uh, already is an arbitrage capture algorithm that's in protocol. Um, so as Proto-Rev gets more advanced, uh, external tools will be less and less useful. Um, but the point of Redpoint basically is at present, it's an off-chain API that can give you that kind of information to make better trades. Um, as you'd see in our Ash report proposal, uh, we plan to make a smart contract that f uh, does this fully on chain. So it would get all the pool prices and things like that um, of Ash report or whatever DEX it's integrated with from the, from that DEX's LPs. It would calculate uh, the arbitrage trades and make those trades all on chain. Um, and the way that would work at present for a DEX like Astroport is they'd just um, call the smart contract in the transaction after the user's trade. So uh, it would kind of be a two-part transaction uh, where part one is, is the same way it is today for the DEX where they just do the user swap. And part two is the um, smart contract for Redpoint. Um, and Redpoint also, like for example, on Astroport, also offered to pay the user's transaction fees fully. So, so like the user is not going to incur any additional gas fees from like calling this smart contract. Um, so I think that's pretty much like high level of rundown of um, what the tool is. If anyone has any questions, how did it come to be? I mean, it sounds really cool. Um... What I'm imagining as like an initial pass would have been just like what generating the JSON for it, and then you could issue it via the CLI. So then, what I guess you used you created it for yourself originally, right? Yeah. So all this software was custom made by me. Um, honestly, originally I saw transactions on chain that were doing arbitrage where they were on Osmosis and they were trading some amount of Osmo for more Osmo. And I kind of asked myself, how is that possible? How is somebody literally making free money? Um, you know, as I learned more about it, I obviously realized it's it's not free money, right? It it has a service to the community, which is that it balances the pools. Um, and I figured out, you know, how it works. So originally, it really started as an arbitrage bot on Osmosis that was just, you know racing competing with all of the other bots on osmosis um to do what what everyone's doing there it's it's kind of like uh a losing game though um there's lots of transaction fees there 
Um, there's spamming the chain with tons of failed transactions. And that's kind of, I think, what the Osmosis team realized is that it's not an efficient way to do arbitrage. So so out of that, Redpoint was kind of born where it's like, hey, the reason all this arbitrage exists is because, you know, people are making certain trades. So why not have the users tell you what trades they're planning to make in advance? And then you can calculate what the resulting arbitrage would be in advance and guarantee that you capture that arbitrage rather than, you know, random bots on chain capturing that arbitrage. Um, so when I came to that realization, that's when I realized you could actually, in Cosmos SDK, you can package multiple messages into a single transaction, and then you can atomically do more than one thing. Um, in this case, you're kind of atomically doing the user swap plus the arbitrage swap in a single transaction. So that's kind of the technique that's at the basis of, of Redpoint's tool and obviously the algorithm to figure out the arbitrage as well. So do you see, um, so besides the current proposal that's out there, like do you have any other leads about where this might be integrated as well or other things that you're working on with it? Um, yeah, so I, I'm hoping um, as one of like the first steps here to get uh, a an integration with a DEX front end or like a popular aggregator like TFM that can use off-chain tooling that does this. Because most of the DEXs in the ecosystem right now or most of the front end tools in the ecosystem right now, they're not capturing all of this arbitrage value. It's just go, it's still going to bots out there and, and therefore whoever is generating or originating, I should say, whoever's originating these trades isn't actually capturing value from them. Um, so that's the first step. And the second step to me is making this thing fully uh, on chain. I think Redpoint in particular has a huge advantage over other searchers out there that do arbitrage searching. Um, even if they try to use the same technique that we came up with, which was packaging the to swap messages into the same transaction, uh, they won't be able to replicate what we're able to do on chain. Um, our algorithm's very efficient. It doesn't use looping or a lot of these other um, techniques. Like you'll see some open source software out there that basically has uh, very inefficient mechanisms to calculate this stuff. So we really believe that at some point in the next year, we're going to release this as kind of an on-chain smart contract module that people will be able to plug into their DEXs. Okay, that's awesome. Is it going to be affected by, you know, there's obviously, a lot, we've had the skip guys on and stuff like that. Is it going to be affected by some of the developments in the space where there's like, I don't know, there's an arms race beginning to develop around... Um, flash loans for example and mev is obviously the other big topic where you know people are going to increasingly be um <clears throat> watching what's sort of proposed in a block and then using bots to say use mev for additional leverage to gain an advantage in these kind of scenarios so that is 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 the solution so efficient by comparison that it doesn't matter or is it is there a way of taking those things to account or is that actually part of the arms race and it's kind of out of band of where things are now so that's a very interesting question. Um, and I think what you're referring to is kind of the um, skips. Skips logic is basically that um, searchers should participate in an auction right. to figure out 
who can generate the most MEV for the chain and um, whoever wins that auction, you know, should get the opportunity to, to do that. I don't necessarily disagree with that rationale, but I think it's in practice, it can be very problematic. Uh, number one, because a DEX like Astroport or like Wind, it they are not the chain. They are a smart contract system lying on top of the chain. So any off-chain auction that these kind of DEXs participate in, it can actually uh, be front-run by something like um, Skip Select, which runs on Juno and other chains, right? Um, so it it isn't necessarily efficient or even possible to do these off-chain auctions in the way that is currently being presented today. Okay. And but I guess also my question was, is there a is there a I guess that actually the probably my answer the answer to my question is is quite straightforward, which is probably not unless you run a modified binary that you've modified yourself as a validator actually, which looks in the mempool to you. So there's actually I don't think I think I think there because of the atomicity you're talking about, there actually isn't a way that I can think of straight off the top of my head necessarily that you could actually upset the, if you, as long as you can calculate a reasonable bound for what the ARB opportunity is, as long as you package the transactions together, I think you're quite hard to front run in Cosmos is my feeling, but yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if there is a scenario where there is a vector where somebody could be, could, could see that there is, Oh, there's let, let, let's say, you know, it's successful and there's like a significant amount of volume, you know, is there an incentive for somebody to basically come up with that solution that, is yeah. actually able to front run it. I, I can't think of how they could be because like when you package transactions, they have to go through together or they don't go through at all. So if you're already rebalancing your own unbalance, then there's not really any opportunity for someone else to sandwich trade you. you yeah, have to like even, messages. even MEV. Yeah, um, and that's by design, right? It would be very... If that design gets changed, it would be very much like saying oh, well, we just don't want Redpoint to exist in this ecosystem. So, like, we invented a new way to prevent it. That, that in my in my mind, would, would kind of be, like, along those lines. But at present, I think, and, and this is why we kind of de- designed Redpoint this way, um, it should be like that. There should be a way for a DEX like Ashraport or whoever is designing their own solutions to say, like, I want these things to run as a unit, whether that's MEV or not. It doesn't have to be, but I like the current design of the of the SDK being like that. Um, and going back to the topic of like um, on chain versus off chain auctions, like if you're a Dex like Astroport, um, you can't really run this uh, this off chain auction effectively, which is my argument for why it's problematic is because any searchers that participate in this off-chain auction don't actually know which transactions and what order they will be in the blocks that they're actually betting on, right? Because it's an off-chain auction, let's say the chain gets really busy on Terra or any other place where an auction like this ran, how do you actually know the ordering or even amount of transactions that will eventually end up in the block? You're, it's really just guesswork. So I think anyone who enters into this kind of auction scenario off-chain 
is going to have kind of, um, they're going to run into problems as we get to a bull market or a busier market where searchers start underbidding because the searchers aren't actually sure like about the accuracy of their estimates. That makes sense. Um, I, I'm going to, st- I think that, that that was the end of my questions. I mean, I'm not the DeFi guy here, right? That's uh, that's about as clever as I can pretend to look for as long as I can pretend that's to not, right? look, like the it knows, look like I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't think um, we have a DeFi guy. We don't, We're right? We're DGen guys. Do we want it? We're like fucking four DGens and that's it. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a weird position too because your market is almost the customer as opposed to the exchange itself, which I think is is fairly unique, right? Like it's there's almost an argument to be made that one thing you could do is create this as an API for users and for them to use it, like let's say you get 10% of the ARB that they get out of using it, right? It's a pretty unique value proposition in my opinion. I feel like the exchange is a customer as well because it's it's a good draw card for customers if you have that functionality. So yeah, I can no, say that uh, we, the very first tool that released was called Defiant Swap and it was kind of targeted at users where a user could using a CLI in their ledger, they could just do a swap and they would get that arbitrage back themselves as long as they had enough of the asset to do the arbitrage. And then Kyle, feel free to uh, correct me on this if I'm wrong, but I believe the original proposal that got put onto Astroport was actually favored very heavily towards the users, where it's like, hey, the users should get most of the rewards. Like they're the ones who did the swap. They should be getting like at least 80% of the arbitrage return. But uh, it seems like uh, the community in general that are able to influence this decision uh, feel like it should be balanced differently. Ah, the fucking community, the biggest DGENs of all, hey? <laughs> yeah, and, and Dan, <laughs> I, the, the proposal that was put on Astroport basically just called out the fact that the Astroport community can choose how much money goes back to the users as a percentage. Um, it didn't specify what percentage should go back to the user, but I agree with you that the Astroport community did not seem interested in returning a percentage of that to the user. So is that um, is that like a param? So it's it's part of the smart contract system. So for basically the proposal to Astroport and and the proposal we're making to other decks is is um, you can use our API off offline right or sorry off chain i mean and queer api and then you can submit the trades with our smart contract on chain so like on terra and on juno we'll have a smart contract we actually already have a smart contract um which was for juno swap which we obviously know is now basically gone um but anyway uh, you can submit the actual trades to that smart contract and it will divvy up the funds in the way that you want. So it could send 80% to one address and 20% to another address. Um, so that that's basically the concept. Yeah, okay. That's cool. Um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm out of questions. I'm exhausted on questions unless anyone else has any. Yeah, the only other thing I'll say that uh, I didn't say about like Defiant as a whole is... Uh, what you guys do. We, we run a lot of, of validators and I actually have a fun story I can tell you guys about uh, today. I didn't even real. So I also work at Strangelove, right? And we have some great mechanisms in place there for like notifying us of like when chain upgrades happen. And Strangelove does not validate on Kujira, but uh, Defiant Labs does. So I totally missed the Kujira update today. 
I started seeing some alerts on my uh, Discord bot. I was like, oh, why is my Kujira node down? Hopped in the Discord, saw that they did an update. I was like, oh shit, I got to really quickly uh, build a new image. And man, it was a nightmare. Something with the uh, the new build process, they weren't supporting uh, cross-architecture builds. I usually build stuff so it'll work on both ARM and AMD. So I had to like completely rewrite my Docker file so that it only builds on AMD 64, get rid of all the Alpine stuff in there. And now it made the Docker image go from like 160 megs to three gigs. So now everything's taking longer to start up. And like, I was down for probably about two hours. I was like, man, I'm going to have to bail on Game of Nodes if I can't get this working. But luckily I'm here. <laughs> wow, you are one of the few in the proud that run Cosmos on Docker. Seriously. I've only heard of a couple of you. You got like... Right. EcoStake and now Defiant Labs. That's all you got. Right. Well, Strange Love does too. We're we both run fully in Kubernetes. Yeah, I was gonna oh, say that's all okay. Docker follow, he runs Kubernetes. And- right. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. yeah. Including Horcrux and the whole the whole situation. It's all orchestrated. Yep, definitely. So, so Dan, what's the what's your CP or are you yeah, self hosted are you self hosted Kubernetes platform that you've deployed yourself? Yeah, I am on uh, GCP. I've also tried out these uh, same like scripts that I have on AWS just to make sure that if something happened to Google that I'd be able to migrate very quickly. But yeah, as you know, Kubernetes is Kubernetes in most places and it's pretty easy to uh, redeploy if you have to. What's yeah. the, uh, tell us about the strange love alerting on upgrades because that's we were just actually talking about this today because uh, Todd, friend of the show, was talking about like building a way to be able to create meeting requests and actually put it in the calendar for like, you know, knowing that when upgrades are going and like yeah. having some, some to do's around it tell us a little bit about that. So I, I don't know if you can, uh, you can build this cause we basically have this cool guy at strange love named Jay. He kind of like helps us out with this. So Jay, uh, will hop around all the discord channels. He'll watch the polka two interchain watcher. He just like every day <laughs> looks, looks on there. He's like, is there something significant happening this week? Then he updates a uh, a shared calendar for all of us on the engineering team. Oh, okay. And so, like, what happens for us is we see on our calendars that there is an upgrade, and then if we want to like do the upgrade, like if it's say like I want to do the next upgrade, I'll just like tag myself as an assignee on that event, and then I would take care of it. You just publish that as an ICS as a shared calendar externally. That's a good idea. I'll uh, yeah I'll reach out to us uh, about new, that. Yeah, new app chain, one that <laughs> shares. Upgrades. That's all yeah, it does. It's a, it's that's it. Rule, yeah. That's the whole <laughs> chain. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Out of pure curiosity, <laughs> I, I obviously uh, am known on this uh, from this group self-flagellating by running on AWS in terms of cost. How how have you found GCP in terms of uh, in terms of cost and also you know the Kubernetes experience for for Cosmos? Because we, it, although it, it will aggravate. Null to use the A word um, over on the Aptos uh, thing. We we use Kubernetes and blah 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 blah, and it's expensive for various reasons. But um, Cosmos, yeah. it it just I don't know. It kind of we we started off trying to be super fancy, and we've gradually migrated in the direction of more kind of a bare metal type setup over time. So I'm kind of curious about what's led you to keep that keep that architecture. Yeah. Uh- so basically, I chose this just based on past experience. It's definitely more expensive. And I've actually talked to Schultz about this before. Right now for Defiant, we run three validators. We validate on Osmosis, Kujira, and Odin protocol. Plus, we run uh, the Sycamore Tax app. Plus, we run the Redpoint API. And all of that right now costs us about $40 a day to run for that. 
Our validator is Ooh. very minimal Oof. right now. Our validator is one century. So there's no high availability on our validator. But if we had to, we have it all like coded up in Terraform. Sure. So if like yeah, a region went down or a zone went down, we can very quickly with a snapshot from Polkachu and our scripts get back up in less than an hour on uh, pretty much all mm -hmm. chains. My man, you need to like ditch that shit and go bare metal DJ and <laughs> fucking... Uh... <laughs> I'll hook you up. I'll 40, tell you the cheapest way to run it. Forty dollars uh, a day or forty dollars? <laughs> exactly. I, I can get you that exactly. forty dollars for a fucking month <laughs> or a year. Forty dollars a year for a chain. Oh yeah, yeah. But the big deal when, for me is I really want to stay in. Uh, we add the generosity really fucking comes out. And, and I'm more impressed with you holding on to Odin since I'm also an Odin validator. Boy, boy, are you losing on that one, dude? Yeah. So actually. Uh, <laughs> I just joined Odin about a month ago. Yeah. Um, they said that they were looking to expand their valve set. And so I'm kind of, I'm just trying it out. They gave us an official delegation. I think it was like 500,000 Odin or something like that. I think that's what they give to everyone, I'm guessing. But uh, yeah, so I'm on Good. there. I've only bought about 20 cents of Odin myself just <laughs> yeah. to activate. And then everything else is there. So I'm, I'm I, I don't sure know that positive. I have a fucking Genesis bag floating around somewhere that I just like delegated to someone when I left and can no longer find. <laughs> I so actually had to unbond that... on Odin. Oh yeah. Did you unbond? I had to. Yeah. My, my, I, uh, my machine actually died. And since Odin doesn't support multi-signers, I had to unbond, uh, in order to not be jailed. And I actually rebonded, I don't know, a couple hours ago. So I was unbonded oh, yeah. for like three days. Yeah, they have that uh, that SEP two fifty six key or whatever, right? Yeah, where you can't exactly yeah, right. Yeah, they yep. change the key structure. Yep. Tell me, how's development going on Odin? Like, what are the prospects looking like over there, boys? So that sums they, it up. It's quiet. It's quiet. <laughs> it sums it up. It seems like there's not a lot of chain development happening. They're ha doing things on the side. So, like, they have a new wallet being developed um, for one, um, and I know like they have Wallace like or something, right? Wallace but, sounds right. Yeah. Odin's the Oracle one, right? That's correct. It's a fork of band. Yeah. Why the fuck do they need a I think they, wallet? I, didn't they pivot though? Why are we talking about Odin? I'm sorry. Did they pivot? I don't know. I, I think I think they pivoted like two or three times. Yeah, I think they're trying to find they're trying to find what it is. Because I thought there was a gaming thing too, because that was the other thing. The well, founder had like a gaming. No, no. <laughs> a different, no, different shit chain, dude. <laughs> That came before. So they had like a geo. The original thing was geo. So they had like blockchain geocaching, right. I believe is what it was. Right. And so they've kind of integrated that into Odin. I think that's actually kind of cool. Geocaching on, on blockchain. Yeah, but, but that's I'm just, also that's like, just a smart contract use case. You're just like yeah, geocaching. Exactly. You mean storing two geojson coordinates on a database. Oh, kill me with the complexity of storing <laughs> two JSON. Because it's literally like in, in geojson, it's literally what... It's been a long time since I've worked with GeoJSON, but I think it's literally mutability. An, an array yeah, exactly. with two items. You're like, oh my God, the complexity. Whoa, hold on now. You can back up, all right? You can also get an NFT if you get, if like, if you get a, like, go to a geocache, all right? Like, that's kind of cool. I enjoy that a lot. I don't know if you can actually do that on Odin, but I'm yeah enjoying yeah. myself over i, I kind of wanted to do i wanted to do it i've literally been too lazy to do this but i i worked out how like it's fucking trivial to do as far as i can tell uh the big problem is basically lining it up with a base map um yeah. which was the fucking bane of my life when i used to do administrative geography um on british government stuff because nothing ever fucking excuse me up. 
Can we unpack that? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know you worked on base maps, man. I worked at Esri for worked six Esri? years or so. I uh, I actually wrote their JSON schema for all their mapping. Really? So I like everything, the reason why you can take maps from like mobile to desktop to web is basically because of me. Uh, hold on, basically. back it up even further. I worked at Rand McNally 30, 30 years ago? 30 years ago, digitizing actual paper maps into digital layers that they're using from a CAD structure to be able to recreate maps at any size. There you go. That's well, awesome. If it, if it helps at all, I've extensively used QGIS. So what the hell is that? QGIS. It's, it's like, like a GIS. GIS. If you've ever been to the Esri subreddit, though, oh man, Esri is a crazy. That's a cool tool set, but it's like it's I've really nuts. I used that shit a couple of times, and it was just to like. Crazy expensive. So I could then be like, it's fine, insane. it's in JSON yeah. now. I don't have to give a fuck. Right. It, it uh, is like, man, GIS is fucking phenomenal when you how can we like this fucking leverage topic? some of the tools. It's um. like fucking phenomenal. I, Any, the point was the thing I wanted to do yes. was a DGen NFT where, because obviously I'm a dickhead who likes riding bikes up hills, I wanted to do um, <laughs> a, NFTs of hill climbs. Right? Because you want to do a what? Need, all you need, all you need is um, there's a file format called FIT, which is basically data from a GPS unit. Okay. Um, so you need to just parse that on a front end, essentially. Take the start and end point, and then the delta of the time you enter that on the G, on the GPS thing, where it's taking like whatever, like several a sample every hundredth of a second, <laughs> I think. And then you can get a time from top to bottom, and then you can store that on chain and then minute NFT. Um, I mean, that'd be kind of cool. Strava needs something to like disrupt them. They're yeah, com- they, they have no competition really. Yeah, this and- would be like a, it, well, okay, it's not quite a piece of piss. It's actually like maybe a month's worth of work, which is why it, current circumstance I don't have the time to do it. But uh, I, yeah, it was it was I originally started coding something for. The original hack Juno, and then got distracted with various other things that were, frankly, much higher priority. So it's there's some code in the never never pile at the moment for that one. Somebody did launch something on Terra though, similar, but I think it died. Like I hey, saw. Pray, do those oh, files? Do they only have location data, or do they also have things like heart rate and like that kind of stuff? Oh yeah, anything that you uh, anything that you care that you have recorded from whatever the sensor array is to whatever the recording unit is, so that all of the different sensors talk Bluetooth or ANT plus to the recording unit, and then the recording unit compiles the fit file. Gotcha. Um, okay. Which that is just it's sweet. just one of the many formats. I think there's actually several formats uh, that that are kind of similar, but I think FIT is the one that I know of. Okay, um, yeah, I've seen GPX a lot as well too. Yeah, GPX is the GPX is the base map plus overlay. So okay. I think the GPX file is the one that also has direct. No, it doesn't have directions. It's just it's just a it's just a mapping of start to endpoint. And then there's a separate format for like oh to get from the start to endpoint you have to go left right left left right right left right left right whatever to get the whole way around the route that you've um marked that's why you need to pay like a third party like garmin or somebody some extra money because you have the base map and then you have the um whatever that thing's called the overlay with the directions 
Um, it's all quite complicated, actually. Um, but but like at the heart of it, if you just wanted to like you know, DJ and an NFT, that bit's quite simple. That's what I meant because it's just a it's just GA JSON, and they're all fucking lines as well on roads. Although I guess you know people like Highlander that do mountain biking, that's probably a mountain a biker too. Uh, it's probably it. a more complicated. Um, that puts the fear in me. Mountain biking because it'd be like a big wiggly, <laughs> a wiggly guy. <laughs> Uh, I've tried mountain biking and I'm I'm too much of a weenie. I'm like that tree's coming at me like, real fast. <laughs> exactly. You get used to it. I really I'm enjoy really like really uh, riding like off-road things and recording them, and then going onto something like OpenStreetMaps and uploading the trails. Mm-hmm. And then like you can like if you do that, you can often pick the name of the trails. So I, I thought it might be kind of cool to like have some fun trolling there, picking some funny names, so that when people are like on the Strava, they're like what the fuck is this? <laughs> this trail is awesome. trail. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you can name the segments as well if you're the first one to define them. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Um, what's, this, what's this DGen trail? Yeah, what the hell's yeah. going on? What's Big Obviously Balls blockchain like, trail? Where's this thing go? Big what balls are way? <laughs> Big Balls Way. <laughs> yeah, there's places there's in the world where <laughs> there's places yeah, in the world where there's like ten thousand driver athletes and they're all competing for every like inch of everything, and you're not going to find a segment you can make there. But if you're like, yeah, if you go like some. I was with some friends a couple of years ago in like a really rural bit of France where there was a road to an, a, literally an abandoned village. And then at the abandoned village, it was a dead end. You're like, name away because there are not many Strava athletes Doesn't here. Um, except for, um, I think it was like Lily, is it Lily and Karmajan, the, the, the rider I'm thinking of? There's, there's somebody on Azure Desert Citron who lives in that area. And it was just like one of those where <laughs> there were these random hills with like, this has been ridden by 10 people. And the, person who got the quickest time was 10 minutes quicker than everybody else and is a world tour rider it's just like <laughs> this guy who just lives in that part of france and is like well i guess i ride up everything that's what i do I and that's why i like, connect the like for example like when you're biking and generating fit data if you could connect that to like geocaching on the blockchain right it's be like like almost you have to like do this event in the real world on a bike in order to unlock something Right, that's what I'm game. saying. Wouldn't that be yeah, freaking yeah. cool? I'd be oh, yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. It's it it possible to link the two up. Like the only diff- the only problem you'll have is that I mean, I guess you guys know this because you work with geodata. Is that the the recording is always a bit fucked, so you kind of need a little bit of fuzziness, and that's the bit where you need like some off chain stuff to go like like uh, Elasticsearch Geo Search is really good for that. Actually, it's really good for just going like, is this roughly what I meant? And it's like kind of. You're like, they match. Look <laughs> it up yeah. as a match. <laughs> like, I'm, well, I'm convinced that's why there's the big report button on Strava because the chalk it up as a match is be- definitely what Strava does behind the scenes with Elasticsearch. I don't think they even do that much. I mean, there's been times whenever I actually left my Strava on and like drove like 20 miles and they were like, wow, you got so many koms you are so good and i was like oh jesus you know there's That's a whole twitter account for that there's somebody made somebody made a bot that just watches um that watches strava for like public it's like public um runs or rides i think that are over a certain miles per hour and it, they just like post a sarcastic comment like this guy's going like a train and it's like <laughs> There's just like somebody getting on the train in Brussels and then going to Paris, and it's obviously just the high speed train. Well, you'd imagine that Strava would be like, okay, so this is over 20 miles per hour. I'm just gonna like, I mean, not 20 because I can hit like 50 going downhill on my bike, but like, come on now. This, this person's been doing 300 miles. I'd be afraid to go 50 hour. miles per hour. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think the Definitely quickest I ever got on a bike is 80, 82 kilometers an hour. So it's wow. fucking fast, man. Yeah, it was with the with the tailwind um, on a on a plateau up in the up in the north in the mountains. But it was it was that that was like when you see the people like in in the professionals where they're doing like ninety five kilometers an hour downhill, you're like literally. I did it on a well-maintained bike on a reasonable road surface, and it felt like the thing was going to shake itself to pieces and take off into the air. Yeah, it was terrifying. Those teams, have, those teams have chase teams, and they have twenty-five bikes and like a hundred engineers. It's just you and your balls <laughs> on that fucking bike. Like, like, was like so it's, it's not the exact <laughs> same situation, <laughs> right? There's like a hundred people looking at that bike to make sure it's fine. You're just like, yeah, it's good. These guys do it. No well, problem. I, I had it. just gotten the what are the, the arrow bars, and I just got a new carbon bike. So I was like, "Oh yeah, there's like a 21 percent grade hill near where I live that goes for about a mile." And I was like, "I'm doing it. I'm gonna do it. Perfect." Yep. And so yep. I did, and, and it, yeah, I hit like 50 miles per hour. Has anyone ever witnessed the Superman on a uh, bicycle? Not in that, person. What you mean? Like we you put your chest on the seat and like put your legs out and everything? Yeah, I've I've seen it like uh, I've done that when videos, I was a kid when it, I was it younger. Reduces, it reduces your surface area so oh, much. Yeah. Yeah. That oh yeah, you yeah. can I've, like go faster downhill than people pedaling. Yeah, God I've, forbid I've, you hit like a pothole though. Like you really Superman them. Was that was yeah. that was that in Le Mans or, or not Le Mans? Uh, whatever it was. Were, were yeah, they it's been, the it's last been banned now. It's been banned. Is it? That's Why? actually banned. Yeah, yeah, I reckon if you've got the balls to do a fucking Superman, you, you deserve, deserve it. Like exactly. No, they they if you if you even if you even do a version of it where you keep your hands on the tops and you put your hat and then you so you put your your wrists on the tops and then you put your hands down and then kind of it's essentially like if you take your bum off the seat now, <laughs> yeah, and your and your hands are not in the standard position, they I think the fine is some bullshit. It's like five hundred Swiss francs. Like nobody gives a fuck. But they they can <laughs> take you off the, the they they obviously can dock you um your position they can DQ you from that day or DQ so you from stage race. Ab- so what about where they like you know they they slide forward onto the little bar and like hold yeah, that's, on to that's it with their immediate ball sack disqualification. Fucking, yeah. yeah, that's super Can't tuck. Be- yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've do, I, I occasionally do the super tuck, and it is, fu- that is terrifying. So it, it looks terrifying. It looks it like is, you have zero fucking control over that thing when you do that. You don't have as much control. No, it is, <laughs> it is fucking fast though. Like if you have, if you have like a bit of a tailwind, it's quite a calm day, and you're confident in the road surface. If it's like good sight lines, and you, you don't mind just being like any car behind me has to just go fuck themselves you can kind of super tuck and people yeah people just like what the fuck is the psychopath doing it's it's (laughs) who is this man and what the fuck is he doing (laughs) but then what you find is this it's super efficient for a certain type of hill that is is like the french swiss and italian mountains like if your if your hill is only two two kilometers it's probably more efficient a lot of the time actually just to fucking pedal in the big ring um, or like Schultz, if you've got aero bars and your balls genuinely are so swollen that you will go on the aero bars <laughs> downhill, um, which I, I used to have on aero bars on my commuter slash touring bike. And I think I once went downhill <laughs> on the aero bars and I was like, no, like, and I'm a person that will do a super tuck, right? And I was like, no, never, never. It's too terrifying. It's just, you're, you're like arms outstretched. You're nah, man, too, too insane, too insane. So anyway, guys, uh, back to our guests, <laughs> Dan. Uh, yeah, um, so I'm curious, how much 
of the chains did you end up uh, getting um, indexed? Uh, yeah, so far it's uh, just osmosis. We've indexed all of 2022. Uh, we just realized that we're missing a couple uh, months of the super fluid rewards. So we're going back and we're fixing that right now. And then <clears throat> uh, we want to try to get all the, it's, it's a little hard because osmosis, uh, maybe Kyle can explain this part better, but like the message types kind of change over time. So like the indexer that's capable of like indexing blocks that are happening now, it might be like different, like messages like create balancer pool or uh, swap exact amount in, like they kind of change over time. Kyle, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, you pretty much have it exactly right. Like some of the some of the message types have have changed and they get removed from the SDK. So um, for external client tools like the like the tax tool that we made, um, that impacts us. Um, I think the the Osmosis team, to be fair, is very aware of this now. So I don't know that they'll be doing that in the future they'll probably like version like if there's a new version of message create balance or pool or whatever they'll probably version it and leave it in the sdk um and we did find a solution which is basically to um make folders in your client tooling with the custom codex and then register them with the sdk so it's not like it's an impossible hurdle um but not a lot of teams probably know how to know how to do that or have done it before um but but yeah there's been some challenges but uh the software is pretty stable now um like dan said we're just going back and making sure we have all of the osmosis rewards indexed um that's also been challenging because there's not a ton of archive nodes out there that actually have all that rewards data archived and of those nodes, a lot of them don't have, there's like specific settings you have to have to be able to grab uh, those those rewards from the blocks. Um, yeah, I'll anyway. say because this is a validator uh, podcast, we should geek out on that part a little bit more. So like there's a setting in your config toml called broadcast TX timeout. And by default, it's set for 10 seconds. So if you're not able to query the data that you want within 10 seconds, you're going to get an EOF. So it's going to end to follow you and cut you off. And that's what we were noticing a lot when we were indexing some of these like huge epoch, epoch blocks that happen once a day in osmosis. So we ended up uh, adjusting that setting to something ridiculous, like 10 minutes. And then we realized, hey, there's like a bazillion other transactions that are now available because we increased this timeout. So is this, um, this isn't for, so this is more uh, like RPC archive node operators, right? Not um, not validators. Like the, that timeout is specifically for when you're querying the, the RPC or the API? Yeah. It's when you're querying the RPC so. for the epoch rewards. So even if yeah. you're not an archive node and you just want to know like the details of the last epoch, you will probably need to like make that setting to be able to pull all the data down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to you, answer your question, uh, just osmosis, but we definitely want to uh, expand to other chains. So we think it'll be pretty easy to expand to uh, chains that are very similar to like osmosis that just have like the normal staking module the bank, the gov, the Aussie, but uh, other chains that have custom uh, Cosmos modules, like for example, uh, the Kujira Oracle module, like that's something that we would have to like do custom software for, or anything that like involves like a message execute contract that adds a whole another level of complexity where we'd have to parse the contract, figure out what kind of transactions it's doing. Is, yeah. is your indexing like, have you written it entirely from scratch or is that originally based on like BD Juno or? Uh, Kyle, you want to take that one? 
Yep, it's um it's written from scratch. Obviously, like it uses the tools that we could that were already out there, like the Cosmos SDK and things like that. Um so we're for as far as like RPC connections and things like that, we use the the Cosmos tooling that was already available. Um as for parsing the actual messages, uh we do use the libraries uh in Cosmos SDK as much as possible. But those mostly just give you access to like events and attributes and things like that. And then if you want to do any custom analytics or, you know, understand things in any way, you have to develop custom logic to do that. So so that's what we've been doing at this point. We have um, we have a lot of code that we can reuse in the code base. Like so, for example, um integrating something like Kujira would be a lot easier now than it would be like 10 months ago um, because a lot of these chains share the same type of events when they're doing things like coin received or coin sent. And even if you have a smart contract based event that happens, it typically follows certain patterns. So that does make it a little bit easier and we've designed our code base around that. But um, when you're dealing with smart contracts, you never know. It's really up to the contract author, how they want to structure things and, you know, what type of events get emitted and, and, and that sort of thing. So with the general modules, like, well, with, with, with the data in general, like how, how are you actually storing that in, in the database? Like, it, like how are you translating the state into um, like database tables? Is it all like in one big table or is it like each module has nope. a table? Like I'm, I'm not into so, those types of things. I don't understand how that really works. Yeah, so I come from a kind of, probably typical computer science background. So I have a lot of experience with relational databases. So basically we tried to model it out um, as um, like blocks, blockchains. Um, everything has a separate table essentially. And when you come when it comes down to the actual taxable data, I think the two models we generally used were taxable events and taxable transactions. And then within a taxable transaction, you have another table for like messages. So everything's kind of modeled the same way as the SDK models it. Um, but we did follow relation like best practices with relational patterns. Um, so like if we wanted to do different lookups on that data in the future, like maybe when we want to follow the money of one specific account around, it should be pretty easy to design SQL queries to do that. So if somebody wants to take our the product that we created, which is open source, by the way, and they want to target it more around general analytics or just anything other than tax data, they they should be able to do that. I mean, there's quite a big there's there's a lot of talk about better uh, Cosmosm indexing as well. So that's kind of the the obvious one, I suppose. If there's uh, and obviously there are multiple indexing solutions and have various of them had various of, of a crack at it i suspect the problem the problem is as much availability as data like you guys kind of hinted at earlier well, I, I, I don't the, think there's any like one you know one um one to rule them all in indexes is there? because everything's like quite bespoke now you've got the the sdk modules but then anything like um kyle was saying anything extra on top of that like a custom module or smart contracting all becomes sort of bespoke indexing from there. So yeah, well, and additionally, yeah. if the events that you want aren't exposed at the time you need them, 
you have to just go look directly in the state of the chain, which is what the um, the DowDow guys have done. That's their solution, isn't it, to run a custom binary? So previously, like I tried to get some information back when DowDow first launched, I was trying to get some information out of um, one of the DAO contracts, right? It was like some staking information for someone who was just out of curiosity because someone had asked a question in a in a Discord. And I went down the rabbit hole of trying to like figure out what they were asking. And the only way to get it was to dump the state and decode everything. And then yeah, and for, each, DAO, for each block, it's like that's how DAO index now, I think. They literally yeah. run they run an RPC with a modified binary. Yeah. Can and you? Each, each block, it shoves it into a uh, Postgres. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, it and was, we it was a huge pain in the ass getting that out. Like it was fucking pain in the ass for me anyway. <laughs> been a retard <laughs> Unrelated. i was gonna ask can you also do there's a role contract state query i believe for um cosmosm as well can can you get some of that information with that with that query oh sorry what was that query with which one i believe there's a role for cosmosm i believe there's like a role contract state query you can run yeah that, so, that was the one it was just like a state dump yeah. oh yeah that um, just dumps the the whole thing is it paginated or not? I can't remember. I can't oh, remember, but it was like all encoded and you either. had to like unencode each bit and they were encoded <laughs> in different ways. And it was, a, yeah, it was that, fucked. That's not too bad. So we had to do that for the howl drop, like just dump the, so the, the raw state from memory it is, I think it is paginated because it's quite hard to get the whole thing. So I think, I think Usurper actually ended up just dumping the chain state in full for us, maybe. Somebody did. Or maybe it was you, Nal. Some it was it was one of the yeah, game. Yeah, I, I got crew. it done for you. Yeah. You just yeah, you just dumped the whole the whole chain state because the CLI version wasn't giving us everything we needed. So I think you just did a full dump and then obviously you then just go because it's just JSON, you just grab the the smart contract you're after and then throw it into a, a Rust a data pipeline in Rust and just let it let it do its thing um but it was yeah was i do remember doing that nuts. but now i have the question of why the fuck didn't you just do it yourself do you not have a validator it's gonna be fucked really yeah i don't, I don't, I don't help any <laughs> i don't help anybody it's like, so hey, it was no, it, you got anything to do because uh I it can't wasn't be me to do this uh, yeah <laughs> um, it, think, it definitely wasn't me I, I think joking aside it was at a time when we were <laughs> fucking around moving uh moving the node onto tmkms and stuff and it was just like there's there's just any i don't want to turn shit off or fuck around with exports or anything <laughs> in case this shit doesn't turn back on because i don't trust it all yeah um, i do I, I think i remember i think you were like do you have a node you can turn off and i was like yeah yeah because yeah, it was because it was a big it was i mean the juno dumps are quite big aren't they when uh, it takes a fair while dump. as well it takes like a good you know 10 or 15 minutes to actually dump it would you remember in the first cyber attack, one of the things that took the longest actually in the, the restoration of the chain was that we needed multiple dumps to see the block before the problem, the block of the problem, and then the, the one where consensus failed. And just getting each block initially, like getting a dump at that block just took fucking ages for a full block from the archive node. Yeah, it, it, it takes a long time to dump sometimes. And sometimes you get... Um, so I remember that someone was trying to get a dump from me for something... I can't remember who it was or what it was for, but it kept EOM, EOMing. Like it was just the dump was so hard on the RAM. Like I had 128 <laughs> gigs of RAM on this thing, and it, like out of memory, fucking just trying to do a state dump. So I think that was me. I think I was asking for a dump for a Cosmos 
endpoint and you were like yeah i don't i can't do it can't do it honestly i don't know why people keep asking me for dumps (laughs) is that's just the group somewhere where people are like need a dump go to this guy go to this guy um so okay okay Look at also. I'm saying I'm looking at the clock. We've we've got we've got a limited amount of time with our guests. The Nixie clock. <laughs> run it down. Run it down. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. So I was I was saying to to Usurp earlier that I was jealous of of jealous of the cool clock he has in the background. My UTC kinda wanna, clock. Kind of want to get a get a cool clock for the background, but the problem is like, where would I put it? Like in the pocket of the cycling jet? Like where? where to, there's no. You'd have to you'd there. have to rearrange that pile of. Garbage you have behind you. Pile of on a bike seat. Laundry and racks of shit. That's this is not laundry. These are all clean clothes. Obviously. Are they? Yeah. Why do you hang them like laundry? For because some reason, spiking. that's the way you do biking jerseys. I think every single biking jersey I've seen is hung up like that. Yeah. Yeah. You just you just wash them and you throw thrown them. over shit. It's a big yeah. I mean, you got the Marshall. You got the, I see yeah. a Marshall back there, but it's not in frame. Then you have like yeah. There's a Mesa Boogie down here. What's is what's that, behind you? What's the little black thing sticking up? Is that like a is that like a rack we, that's not doing anything? The other side. Poke my no, hand. The other side. The other side. Other other shoulder. It looks like an amp back there. So oh, other side. Other side. Next yeah. to your yeah. bikes. Yeah. yeah, that's a Marshall, right? That what yeah, that is? there's a Marshall half stack. But what, and go and what's behind yeah. you though? What's that thing? That's Those are bike. bikes back there. Is that a bike? Looks like that's looks like mounted bike bikes yeah. for. Aren't trainers? you in the attic? What do you bring that thing down three flights of stairs? They're trainers, right? Yeah. When I'm going outside, yeah. That's my race. That's my race bike. In, in the US, are these things called garages? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't. I cl- clearly, I don't have a garage. So, so uh, I love how. Wait, I love wait, how like this. Check out my it, uh, these are, trainer. These are, see that? Is it showing? What's that? Oh yeah, yeah. I can see oh that. yeah, look at all that over there. Garage. Yeah, I've got a, uh, a mountain bike on a TacX Neo, which is like the greatest trainer ever. I don't know if That's you guys have seen cool. those, but they can actually simulate like the surface that you're on. So if you're like riding in Zwift, which is like a virtual way to ride. So like when you pedal, your avatar in the game will ride. If you go over pedals or like pebbles, the trainer itself will like simulate that you're riding on wooden planks, pebbles by like shaking your chain. So it feels like you're really on that, that tactile good, surface. Is that actually good? That That's interesting. Dan, yeah, I should add you on Zwift. Novel. I use it too. Okay. Yeah, cool. Oh, sure. I'll, I'll show you mine. This is, oh, this has gotten peak fucking nerds, <laughs> hasn't it now? It's it just is. like, exactly. hey, do we use Zwift? <laughs> Yeah, you like chains, free bribe. <laughs> cool. Um, Sorry, game of yeah. notes. <laughs> yeah, there's two. Yeah, you could add, add us some, add us some Zwift to the game of notes fan club. What um, the fuck? There's one third of this stream has keyboards in the background. Oh yeah, yeah I used to really play the piano a while ago. Yeah, piano and piano bikes behind Dan. Wait, wow. wait, where's the th- and laundry? Oh yeah, yeah, two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you have how much whiskey have you had tonight? Wait, I like when I like when Noel drinks on the stream. This is the new thing because he's actually in the right time zone. You know, yeah, this is the first time I've actually had any liquor on the stream. How is it better? Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> not drinking. <laughs> I don't know. Boys will be boys. I, I do love how, um, like the phrase said, "Oh, the time's running out. Let's like." pay more attention to our guest and then immediately started talking about jerseys and fucking keyboards. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I was hey, on I'm the enjoying answer. the conversation. A- any, <laughs> anyway, anyway, I feel like we also have some, some quick points of order. We should probably, Oh yeah, let's do it. Like, so like, uh, we're going to talk about comfy. Da- Maybe we should get, 
uh, cause less harm on to talk about comfy Dow at some point or just drop yeah, in. Yeah, we could do that. Have yeah, a yeah, chat we, about we it. can do that. He was hey, on yeah, earlier, so maybe he'll join now. There was uh, uh, there was four four tombstones today. <laughs> What's that? Four tombstones today on uh, Saturday. Was there? Yeah. No. Oh, oh yes. Main, main net. No, no test net. They're, they're not on main net. It's just a test net. Atlantic. Two. Wait, so on Atlantic exciting. two there was four. There was four. Yeah, three of them were like team nodes, and then uh, who was the fourth? Shilty. Ooh, node real? No, it wasn't node real. Hold on, hold on. I'll look back. I didn't even didn't didn't, I didn't, even didn't about that. Wait, wait, didn't Nim main that actually halt? But were there there weren't yes. any tombstones when it resumed? Were there? Well, they're all run by by Figment. The top four nodes were run by Figment, and Figment was like, "Now nah, we're leaving Nim," and so they lost like forty five percent of the voting powder. <laughs> How fucking hilarious is that? <laughs> like, fuck you, you it's amazing. They didn't have like an unbonding period. Or they like didn't have like a cooldown period as well. They didn't unbond. <laughs> they just fucking turned their shit off. <laughs> Jesus, like don't fucking delegate to Figment is the moral of that story. Christ, I, my so my prediction. What, what happens in that situation? Everywhere. everywhere, you have to wait for like it to get slashed to the point where it doesn't have voting power. They, they don't give a happens? shit. I mean, we're on we're on with like multiple multiple different chains, right? Including Aptos and everything else. My guess is they're gone in this year. Like. I, they're, they're leaving like so many chains. It's fucking amazing. I almost made a tweet because they, they keep doing the Twitters like what we're leaving. I, I almost made like a shitty tweet about it. Maybe you could just tweet like what you're staying on. Yeah, where, where you're staying. <laughs> it's like, just like, maybe that would be easier. Yeah. I reckon yeah. they're, they're banging up against the character limit, like putting all the networks they're fucking <laughs> <Exactly>. leaving. <laughs> but like just from a node ops perspective and everything else, like I think I think they're in trouble. Like it just seems like they're in trouble. I mean, I think they had the, the problem of funding, right? They they received like what was it, like two billion dollars of funding back in 2020, and they're like, okay, well, we should just hire all the people, right? And then they did, and then it must, well, it must be two, two billion, billion is valuation. it can't be that much, right? Like, like uh, I mean, employees are expensive. They're not that expensive, right? Like, yeah. I mean, they're not doing that much. I don't know what they have on the on the um, on the investment side, because I'm guessing they've lost a ton of money and just putting money into chains. Maybe they just had everything in FTX. They could. Yeah. Oh, they could. Maybe they they had everything in FTX, and then they had all their like cash, cash in yeah. SVP, and they're just like, "Well, we're going to get some cash back right. in have, four years' time once this is all threshed out, and that's going to be way too late." Right? Or they have 300 million in like 300 bad bets, right? Like, or 30 bad bets, or whatever. But 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 whatever whoever's running the node side of the th- of the house, like they have really no like it doesn't seem like it's a priority is what I would say. Um, whether or not they're good operators or not, but it doesn't seem like it's a priority and like you, like they're not really um, responding quickly. They're not understanding what's going on in specific chains. Like it just seems like it's not a priority. I think is what it is, and that's turning into other issues. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I hadn't actually. I thought that the reason that the NIM hot happened, I knew Figment were involved in some way. I thought it was because they were white labeling several nodes, and they had, you know, just yeah, simultaneously, exactly. simultaneously no, well, they, they shut them all down. Simultaneously, fuck them, but they they deliberately left. That's actually what happened. Which is, they well, leave or they just they just stop they just stop validating. All the more baffling. Like assuming assuming they just shut all those nodes down. Craziness. Assuming, assuming, and also like chains. I have no sympathy for chains that who who sponsor that shit.